Hello, TTB community. Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint podcast. Each episode, we like to bring you insight from travel authors, adventurers, conservationists, digital nomads, tour guides, and some of our very own personal travel experiences. Like today's episode, joining me today is the very companionable Robert Demena. Thank you, Elliot. So before we get into the episode, today's travel tip or this week's travel tip is to buy these little locks, these TSA approved locks, combo locks that you can put on your bags. So I buy a pack of them and I bought them off of Amazon and you can put them on all of your bags as you travel. One place I really like to put them on though is my backpack. When I leave the Airbnb or the hotel, I lock my passport in, my extra cash, my extra credit cards into a compartment within my backpack. And I found that I find that to be, uh, it just adds an extra level of protection for your stuff as you travel around, especially if you're someone who goes in the hostel. So again, make sure they're TSA approved because if you lock your bags up as you travel and TSA needs to get in there, they'll break your lock. However, there is a universal TSA key that will allow them entry to any of these approved locks. And you can just Google that. Uh, you can type that into Amazon. Good tip. So thank you. Uh, this, this, episode is one that's very special to me. And I know that I say that a lot, but this one, it's <laughs> very true. I mean, this is my trip to Norway with a buddy, Mike, uh, where we started in Oslo, went up to hike a little bit north of the city, then traveled west in a car towards Bergen, eventually ending in Stavanger. We talk about the beauty of the country, the food, the experiences we've had there. And it was it ended up being a great, great trip. Highly recommend the country if you can't tell from the title of the episode. And so I hope you enjoy the conversation. Lastly, check out some of the cool things that we offer. How do you organize and plan your trip? So if you like to keep your trip organized like we do, you can use the travel journal and planner that we developed for our very own personal travel experiences. This will allow you to record things like the dates, the budget, the top destinations, the currency exchange rate, the time difference. It has a fillable calendar and it provides you the ability to write out your entire itinerary by the hour. In addition to that, it has a place to store reservation information, a packing list, a to-do list. And then at the very back, it offers you space to journal about your trip. You can find this travel journal planner on our products page. And once you download it, you have it forever and you can reprint and refill it out for every trip you have moving forward. Now, if you do decide to purchase this, we encourage you to reach out to us with any tips to make it better. To help compile all of your info for the journal slash planner, we turned ourselves into cartoons to create a five-part video course that provides a step-by-step -step process to create the ultimate itinerary, including number one, navigation, number two, booking airfare, number three, blogs, research, and reviews, number four, itinerary building, and number five, safety, cultural norms, and thoughtful travel. The goal of this video tutorial is so that you can become your own personal travel agent and learn how to be planned efficient trips now and forever, all the while saving you money to splurge on a nice meal or first class seat for your next adventure. Yep. Yeah, and now, so if you still think that planning your trip is a little bit too much, or you just don't have time to sit down and actually do it, I can personally plan your trip for you using all the information that we just mentioned. If you're interested in this, please send me an email at thetravelersblueprint at gmail.com or visit our service pages on our website, and we can meet over Zoom to discuss the details of your trip. You want to contribute to the podcast? If you work in the travel industry, you can join us for a travel roundtable discussion by submitting your information through the TAT form on our website. You can also send us a travel article via direct message or at thetravelersblueprint at gmail.com for the monthly Travel Bites episode. Support us by wearing us. Go to redbubble.com to find awesome gear and merchandise of the Traveler's Blueprint. 
Some of the cost comes directly to us to help support the podcast. We definitely recommend the hoodie and the hat and maybe a sticker or a travel mug. Whether you purchase a product from us or just want to learn about travel alongside us as we interview our guests, know that we greatly value your support as a listener of the show. Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure. Michael, welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint podcast. Thanks, guys. Great to be here. Yeah, there we go. So I've been waiting so long for an invite. It's been <laughs> it's been years. It's been a long time. So for those listening, Mike, you and I became friends. I, I guess our relationship really took off in college, but we were friends in high school. We hung out a lot in high school and met in like grade school. Right. So we've been we've been that friends like for the beginning of our romance novel. It, well, then we road trips to Norway. So, uh, you know, we finally went on our first international trip together. Unfortunately, Elliot, you were unable to come for this one, but should be able to come to the next one, we hope. Uh, so Mike and I went on a road trip through Norway. Um, and so the, the the podcast today, I really want to get into, we'll ultimately get into the trip, logistics, the planning, what we saw and what we experienced but I want to sort of preface that by saying how much I loved Norway and to the point that I think it is my favorite country and you guys can jump in. But like, so some of the things that I look for when I uh, decide on whether or not I like a country or one of the things, the reasons that I travel, I guess the multiple reasons I travel, uh, I like natural beauty. So the environment is one, is one, uh, one thing I look for, the infrastructure and the architecture is another big thing for me. I really enjoy European architecture and that's why I've always gravitated towards traveling to Europe over and over again. Uh, the people, uh, the people, AKA culture, you can kind of combine those two together. I think the food is a big one for most people. And then one that was sort of, I never really considered before, but was just blown away by in Norway is, was the infrastructure just driving through Norway. Uh, and experiencing their bridges and tunnels and ferry systems. It was the most efficient, easy to drive uh, experience I think I've ever had, Mike. And I don't know if you agree with that, but uh, completely you and, and and you're someone that's road tripped the United States. Um, yeah, I mean, you... I, I agree with you. Um, I, you were making comments along the way. I think you were noticing it more than I was, but um yeah i mean there were tunnels you know it's all mountains there you're just driving through mountains so you're going through tunnels regularly and they're miles and miles long i remember we were in one that was like 20 miles long uh, tunnel that was 20 miles long yeah <laughs> wow yeah. and yeah it, it was just so smooth to drive through and yeah i was mentioning it i so i drove the entire time the way our rental worked it just made more sense to have me drive uh, and we had, I think, between most locations, two to three hours of driving. Yeah. And so we were on the road quite a bit. Um, and and so anyway, so kind of going back. So I do think that Norway ticks all these boxes. Going back to the natural beauty, the entire park, feel the entire country feels like a national park. The waterfalls are uh, abundant. Um, they're everywhere, every turn. As you drive your going up and down and through these beautiful mountains with snow-capped peaks, beautiful turquoise blue water with pine tree forests, 
Uh, and that was everywhere. I mean, there was nowhere other than being inside Oslo, which I guess I should say was one of the cleanest, easiest to walk, fun cities to be in, although our time there was very short. Um, it, it was just so clean. And so the natural environment there to me, which is one of the biggest reasons I travel, I really like experiencing different natural environments, was the best I've been in. Um Elliot, we had no fun on this trip, though. Just yeah. <laughs> I didn't think so. I thought this was all business. <laughs> yeah, the 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 people was an interesting one. So for the most part, Mike and I had really good experiences with the people. There were a few rough patches, and they <laughs> and and they were all when we were drinking, and it was like past two in the morning, and. Uh, the so thing. I don't think that that's a good indication of it. Like, th there's really there was no negative experience with people in the day to day, just traveling. It was always like the drunk thing. I mean, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. Um, seemed like every once in a while when we would say we were Americans, we got some, some side eye look. Um, That's why you say you're Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the two examples you're talking about though, one of them wasn't at two o'clock in the morning. Yours was, um, but the other one was, relatively early there was still alcohol involved but uh just a, yeah. an instance where a, a local norwegian was not being very nice to us and we had no idea what he was saying because he was speaking norwegian so. yeah and that yeah. and that actually carried over into the bathroom with me i was using a urinal and there was the guy who was taught he was like this jokester drunk guy and he was next to me in the urinal and there were guys behind me in the bathroom and he starts saying stuff in Norwegian to them and they're all laughing and it's quite obvious that they're all talking about me and I just stayed silent I didn't really care I didn't feel threatened like it felt jokey not like they were actually like uh, you know threatening me in any way so I was fine and then as I was leaving the bathroom there was a third a fourth guy who wasn't involved in the uh talk who pulled me aside and in English said you shouldn't be here this isn't a good bar for you and it happened that we were in a very local bar and so it was pretty much all Norwegians, I think, in the bar. And I guess uh, we didn't really say this, but we ended up going to Norway in the off season. We had multiple experiences where things were either closed or just empty. There were really no tourists around. And we later learned that June is not the peak season by any means for traveling to Norway. And that probably contributed to how easy it was for us to drive around. Uh, our hiking experiences were pretty easy and straightforward with some of the areas that we hiked being major global tourist attractions. And really we had no lines where we so had when heard is, that. When is peak season? I feel like June is ideal season with the temperature, think, with the sun setting. So it was still pretty cool. Most days we did have a few hot days, but I think July and August, I think August is their peak travel season for sure. Uh, but it oh. probably picks up in July. Um, I mean, we were there at the very end of June and it's still we met people, not a lot of Americans. We definitely met more Europeans, I think, than Americans. Um, but yeah, for the most part, yeah. I got No, for the most part, it we it was a lot of Norwegians. <laughs> yeah, everything yeah. I read when we were looking up hikes and things said uh like mid-June to the end of September is kind of their tourist season. So I think we were there in the tourist season. It was just the very beginning of it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then the food, 
I really enjoyed the food. Like I said, not my favorite food in the world, but after you go to places like Italy and France uh, and Peru, I think it's hard to uh, compare, but the food was very meat heavy. So lots of red reindeer. meat and fish. So we ate reindeer, we ate moose. Uh, we had um, just white-tailed deer. We've had lake trout, salmon, uh, and we had whale. We had really awesome a variety of meats was a the significant majority. Like I almost noticed, I noticed that there was almost no fruit available most of the time. Yeah. Um, and vegetables really were potatoes and cucumbers <laughs> were served with almost every meal. Huh. And then it was just a different meat. Um, they do it well and they do it in different ways. So I noticed um, for like the red meat, they'd have it the normal way you cook like a steak, but then they would have cured meats. And I thought that that may be because of trying to preserve it over the long term, you know, winter time. So you kind of, it probably stems from them killing an animal in the spring, or, I mean, you know, in the summer, and then trying to maintain that meat throughout the year. Uh, and then the last one is architecture, the beautiful, historic, world-renowned pastel buildings along the waterfronts that are iconic among Nordic nations. Um and then learning a little bit about the history of those villages and then portions of them still being preserved as UNESCO World Heritage Sites was really cool. These port cities go back to the Viking Age and uh, it seems like a lot of them started as as most port cities do, trade centers, and then sort of evolved from there. But walking through those villages, uh, I'm thinking like Bergen, like there was uh, Stavanger, uh, it, very, 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 very cool. And so that was a lot of fun. And so those are the things that I think I used to determine that ultimately Norway is my favorite country right now. You know, we'll see what happens. Uh, and again, it depends if you say, what's your favorite country for food? Obviously, I think I would pick somewhere else. Um, but that's that's sort of my summary of my Norwegian experience before we start to get into the actual logistics and how we traveled through. Anything else to add or questions? I, I do have a few questions and comments to add to this. So sure. the infrastructure thing, I think, ties very closely with the environment, right? The only reason it has really interesting infrastructure is because of the unique environment. With it yes, being such agreed. a complicated landscape, that's why there are so many tunnels and bridges in a cool ferry system. Um, so the United States and Norway actually have a very similar miles of roadway per capita so basically they have roughly the same number of miles um, per person as there are. So the population of Norway is extremely low. It's like 5 million, right? We, live, we half, learned that. Half the size of Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the entire country. It's it's incredible, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then second thing with the bar situation, I, you guys watched How I Met Your Mother, right? Yes. I mean- there's a great quote from it that nothing good happens after 2 a.m. Yeah. 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 And that's essentially, I think, most of it. But for those bad experiences or or and they weren't even bad. Like it was never it was never like an American experience where you feel threatened with physical violence. It escalated to the point where people were arguing. And so it wasn't like that at all. It was a very uh, European uh uh, verbal exchange and again it wasn't like passionate passionately like argumentative either 
And and a lot of, we didn't know what they were saying. <laughs> they they were purposely speaking Norwegian. And they and by the way, uh, Norway is the more fluent in English than any other European country I've been to. They just all speak really English really well. And I yeah. learned uh, from a conversation I had at the bar that it actually stems from post World War II, after the you know United States had a major influence on the the outcome of that war. Norway gravitated towards American culture. They enjoy our TV shows. They enjoy our movies. They enjoy our music. And so they're intertwined, I think, with American pop culture. And that has had a big influence on them all speaking English very well. I, I mean, Italy does not do it like that. Uh, yeah, everyone went. The music that was playing was music, was American music, music that we knew. Everywhere, everywhere. It was so common. We were We were in a bar for a trivia and a lot of the questions were around American pop culture. Yeah. And so interesting. Yeah, it was. And so they all speak very good English uh, and it made it very easy to go. I mean, we're talking like gas station employees, the whole everybody. Everybody spoke really well English, really well English. So yeah. I I don't. Everybody I'm but Bob yeah. spoke English really well. <laughs> OK. Uh, OK. Um, so, again, this was a, a, a road trip. We yeah. flew into Oslo, which is on well, the east coast of Norway. Oh, go ahead, Elliot. Before we get into that, I want to I want to go back to that bar sequence because yes. I, I imagine. I mean, you guys have all been to many different bars throughout the United States and other countries, um, and you said that you didn't fear any kind of violence. Why? The body language um, wasn't really there. Uh, I'll give you my opinion why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so let's hear it the first so there were really two i guess we could call them altercations but they weren't really altercations the first one was just some guy who was drinking and we were all there was a group of us talking and he clearly didn't like me um he started quizzing me it was very strange he he, he looked at me and he's like oh you're american and i said yeah and then he was like do you even know the population of bergen <laughs> and i was like no i don't and then he asked me the population of Norway. It was very strange. But then he started speaking in Norwegian to the people around us. And he was clearly talking about me and, and not good things. Uh, but that's really as far as it went. Uh, and then we left and it was fine. The second, and that was earlier in the night. The second thing that happened was very late at night. It was after the bars closed. And Bob was in line to get food. A and, moose burger. <laughs> okay. And... Uh, a very nice gentleman decided to sneak his way in front of Bob in line. And Bob might have had some beer muscles and just kind of like, I have real muscles as well, but go, go on. <laughs> kind of like casually <laughs> smiled and, and said like, Oh, you're just going to cut in front of me. And the guy said, yeah. Um, I don't, Bob, was he, did he speak Norwegian at all? I, I thought you guys just started a conversation in English. It was all in English. Seemed, which seemed like it, could have been a little tense at first, but then like you became friends. <laughs> he was like, okay, you could get back in front of me. <laughs> and I still am not really sure how it happened. So it ended up, he was, he looked, he was a biker. So he had this jean jacket on with uh, like Metallica and badges. He had a buzz head with a mohawk. He ended up being from Slovenia or Slovakia. And I actually, I don't know which one. I don't remember now. It was three 30 in the morning and I was drunk. Um, but uh, I, I, I don't remember. I think I just, I, something happened when he found out I was from the United States. 
I think yeah. his demeanor towards me changed. Yeah, for and sure. he suddenly became interested in me rather than wanting to be argumentative towards me. Right. And so yeah. maybe he he likes the United States. He likes that, and I guess he maybe met an American when he was curious to talk, and that's sort of I think how it happened. Uh, so yeah. my American roots came through, pulled through for me uh, in that instance. Most of the time, you travel through Europe, and it kind of works against you. Yeah, there was definitely a minute or two there that I was thinking to myself, Bob, please shut up. <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know what we were about to get into. Yeah. Well, the reason I bring that up is that, Bob, I, you and I have talked about this before, but Norway has an incredibly low rate of like violent crimes. Like in the last 10 years alone, there have been less than or about 20 uh, homicide cases involving firearms in 10 years. What? Wait, 20, 20 like murders, 20 gun yes. related murders in 10 years. Yes. Fascinating. Their police yeah, officers maybe, had no firearms. Yeah. Uh, like the, the rate of gun violence is incredibly low. And just the rate of um, homicides is also incredibly low. That's so, an interesting that we should have a whole podcast on on that. It's, uh, you know, um, cultures gun violence i would be very curious to get someone on to discuss that well and just general general feel of safety did you guys ever feel threatened i know you're two fairly fit young white males um that kind of could blend into norwegian society minus the darker hair oh i felt perfectly safe yeah every minute i was on that trip no i never felt threatened at all no, I mean, and and we experienced the cities. We hiked in the woods alone. I mean, there was no point at all where I felt unsafe, even walking through. I mean, you know, I don't want to pretend that our snapshot of Oslo is any indication of what the entire city is like. I'm sure there's probably worse areas than we visited, but the 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 parts we went through. I mean, we're pretty touristy and nice business districts and. Very clean, very nice, very easy. Um, uh, and and if we're going to compare to an American city, the nicest areas of not Oslo were way nicer, and I felt way safer, I think, than the nicest parts of like Philadelphia or New York or DC. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were walking through there late at night and felt very safe. Yeah. Now it was also still light out. Uh, yeah, I was going to. That was going to be my next question because you guys were there. Um, Pretty much right after the summer solstice, right? Yeah. Or over the summer solstice? The summer solstice was is the 21st, right? Yeah. Over, so we were there, yeah. yeah, through the summer solstice. So you were there for the longest day of the year. Did it get dark at all? No. Not, not fully. fully. No. No, it, I woke up at three o'clock in the morning at one point and took a picture outside because it it probably looks like it looks around here at like 830 at night. Wow. Right. That's okay. exactly what it's like. It's like the sun just went down. And that's how the, that's the the amount of light you get throughout the entire night. So dusk, dusk, yeah, yeah. it just looks yeah. like dusk, yeah. Okay, and it throws you off, and I think that threw yeah. us off a lot of times in the bars. Mike and I did not plan on being out late, but once you are drinking and you don't have the the sun going down to use as an indicator of what time it is, you sort of just get lost in what time it is, and you're looking outside and it's still bright out, but then you look at your phone and it's two in the morning. It was really weird. <laughs> So did you have trouble sleep? Like, sorry, we can get into the itinerary, but yeah, no, sleeping I mean, conditions. Did you have blackout curtains, all that stuff? I had some trouble sleeping when we first got there, but okay. it was fine. I brought a sleep mask, which helped me. Um, 
at one point I slept in a closet. <laughs> if that's just how our Airbnb, that's how our Airbnb was set up. It, they marketed it as a as a I don't know two bedroom, and it was indeed like a closet. There was no room other for the. It was just the bed, and there was maybe a one foot wide gap uh, between the bed and the wall that for me to walk through. Um, so that was very dark, like a coffin, I think, and uh, I mean, how I imagine a coffin would be. Um, no, it wasn't too bad, I don't think. I guess, Mike, you you had a little bit of a different experience, but Mike, you you had struggled to sort of get into the adjust to the time zone difference. Yeah, I think my issue was more with the time than with the light. I I can sleep with light on generally. Uh, in a normal setting, I can sleep with the light on, but I think it was just that I had issues getting adjusted to the time difference yeah got it yeah, i usually right. go to i usually go to bed late at night here and it's six hours earlier there so i was trying to go to sleep six hours earlier than i normally would and you know i just wasn't ready i guess yeah yeah it took a few days to shake that off all right uh so let's do it we land in oslo and um the first thing we end up doing is we go to this castle I believe. Uh, and it was called the Akershus Fortress. So A-K-E-R-S-H-U-S Fortress, which was this beautiful waterfront fortress. I definitely recommend it. There's not a whole lot to like interact with. But again, it's like more of the architecture and the location is up on this hill where you get this beautiful view of the bay. Um, and it, it it was fortified with cannons so I guess indicating some sort of, uh, I, what would that be? Like 1400s? Um, now it says 13th century. So yeah, 1400s. Oh, it was pretty cool. No, that's right. It's the other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's old, um, very old. Very old. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, For all of you Disney fans, um, it's the fortress that inspired the castle in the movie Frozen which may or may not be the reason that I told Bob I wanted to go. So. Yeah, that is, that is, <laughs> well, you, you put that on the itinerary, essentially. Yeah. That's the only thing I put on the itinerary, I think. Yeah. Did it live up to the hype? Uh, I mean, it was really cool. Um, okay. it, you know, you don't get a Disney feeling from it, but if you look at it from afar, you can understand how it inspired it a bit. All right. It was. Yeah. And then and then we essentially stopped along the way as we walked, would grab beer and food. There's a lot of day drinking. Um, they have good light beer. I forget what it's called. Mike, do you remember the name of that beer that we were drinking a lot? Uh, they had Carlsberg, which is actually a... Isn't that uh, German? No, I think it was Oklahoma Danish. Uh, okay. um, but they have, it's, it's a big beer there. And then they have a beer called, I think it's Hansa. I think that's a local beer. Yeah. One, one thing I found interesting, sort of a side tangent, is like how related the Nordic countries are. A lot of merchandise would be marketed as Scandinavian or Nordic and yeah. sort of have all the flags of Sweden and Finland and Norway and uh, and Denmark on them. So that was okay. that was interesting to me. Um, and then we ended up going to this place called Akir Bridge, which is an area of shops it's like a high commercial district very touristy lots of restaurants but really cool very scenic good waterfront views and we spent a lot of time there uh 
And then again, we flew in this day, so we didn't do a whole lot. We go back to the Airbnb, which is a great location. So if you're listening to this and you want a good Airbnb location for Oslo, let me know and I can send you the one that we had. And then we go back out for nightlife. And when we went out for nightlife, Mike, um, I don't exactly remember where we went first. Did we go back to the Acare Bridge area or did we go somewhere else? Um, I don't, did, I don't think we did that. I think we showered right when we got there because we got there later than we expected. That's right. So we showered right when we got to the Airbnb and then we went out. We never went back. So we went to that Acare Bridge area. We hung out there for a while. <clears throat> we started looking for dinner, um, but we realized that everything had already closed because it was still light out. Oh, wow. We didn't realize how late it was getting. It was like 930 and we wanted to eat was, dinner. I yeah. think it was like 845, but they okay. closed at nine. So they weren't taking new customers. Um, we did eventually mm -hmm. find a, a burger place, a nice place um, that we got some burgers at. So that was good. So it's kind of the opposite of, not the opposite, but it's kind of like Spain. Not, sorry, not like Spain where everything's open till like midnight and they start eating dinner at eight. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, we had an opposite experience in Stavanger, and we can get to that later. But yeah, huh. Elliot, it, it definitely, the kitchens seemed to close early okay. in Norway. The bars would be open and you'd see people drinking, but by nine o'clock, it was hard for us to get food. We learned that pretty early on <laughs> because we would be hungry. And so we made sure to eat earlier later on in the trip. Um, the only thing I'd, I think I'd add for this first day is I think a pretty cool street that we didn't really get to spend too much time on because we were just so exhausted at that point was this place called Strogett Passage. That's S-T-R-O-G-E-T -E and then Passage. And it's this little alleyway. Uh, it looked It's a younger scene, but had a lot of bars. They seemed very crowded. And so I think if you're looking for like this little cool side alley nightlife experience, I, that's worth checking out. Um, and it was in pretty close proximity, I think, a uh, I'm going to say bridge, but Rige, I don't know. Um, so that was our first day. The second day starts off with a bang. We have this awesome experience. <laughs> we wake up and we go to the saunas located on the bay. And it's called KOK Oslo Sauna. Great experience there. So definitely recommend booking with them if you want this similar thing. You show up, you get a two-hour time slot, and you can spend time in the sauna. And then there's you can jump into the bay, into the water. I think the water was, what, 50, 60 degrees? So it wasn't actually cold when we were it there. It was in the 60s. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, the sauna got quite hot. I, I put a little too much steam and it got to like 210 degrees at one point. Um, but it was awesome. It was awesome. So Mike and I would spend, you know, five to 10 minutes in the sauna. Then we'd go out, we'd stand on this little wooden deck over the water with a view of the castle that we saw the day before, jump into the water and cool off and then go back into the sauna. And it was, it was really, it was a really cool, fun experience. I really liked that part of, of our trip. Now, did yeah, they, that was... with that sauna, did you stay docked or did they let you kind of float it out? No. So there's one uh, like main dock that's connected to the landmass. And then there are these, there are four floating docks attached to the main dock. You you just stay attached. 
you're not actually floating away or anything like that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think they actually go out, but maybe they do. And we just didn't know. Uh, yeah. The pictures, the pictures on their website indicate they do. Oh, that's, that's the only reason I asked. Oh no. Yeah. We didn't. And this was, this is the first experience we had where we were sort of stunned by us being alone. So Mike and I yeah. had our own sauna to ourselves, which we were not expecting, which was, you know, it was very surprising. But then in addition to that, two of the other four saunas were empty. And then the fourth had another couple in there that they were alone. So we were doing this essentially by ourselves. Um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really neat. Yeah, it was cool. And then, you know, Bob mentioned the landmass. I think it's right off of the, the Acre Bridge area, which yes. I think, I know there are apartments and things there, but I think there are a lot of offices and things there too. So everyone's walking by, going to work and, and we're hanging out in this sauna and jumping in the bay. So it was, I don't know, it was a cool experience. And then as we leave, I, will, I realize I made a mistake in how I planned this trip. Um, we get a call from our Airbnb host and she says, Hey, are you checking out? And our original plan was to have that full day and night and then leave Oslo the following day. What I had learned is due to the red eye, the overnight flight, I had wrote the itinerary out as if we started on the same day that we left. So we left New York city on June 19th. And I started the itinerary on June 19th, where I should have started it on June 20th. And so the Airbnbs, that it was just that one Airbnb that wasn't booked the right way. I thought it was for two nights, but I ended up actually booking them correctly. So when we left, we ended up having to run to the Airbnb, shower, get our stuff and move on. But um, the I'm very happy that at least the, following airbnbs were booked appropriately where we did have somewhere to stay that night so yeah, at what point up, did you start panicking up. sorry uh, <laughs> i said I at what know, point it, did you start panicking realizing uh, that maybe yeah. all of the airbnbs were wrong well we ran to the airbnb i mean we didn't run but we walked at a brisk pace uh got to the airbnb so we could shower and pack and as we did that. I went through the, I had the itinerary printed out in one hand. I had my Airbnb schedules and I was just checking everything. I had to check the confirmations of our tours, which we'll get to later. Uh, the, the, all the Airbnbs, pretty much everything. I just ran through it and made sure that um, there wasn't anything else that would be an issue. Um yeah, so we did kind of get a hint in the morning at the sauna because yes. when Bob tried to give him the confirmation, he said he didn't have us. And Bob showed him the confirmation on the phone. He didn't look at the date, apparently. But since nobody was there, he didn't care. And he was like, okay, yeah, you guys are good. Um, but it was uh, he had booked it. Bob had booked it for the day before. For the 19th. Got it. Yeah. So that, I, I mean, I've learned there. And I don't think I'll make that mistake again because that was a pretty pretty big one um so yeah if you're listening to this and you're doing an overnight flight make sure that everything is not booked for the day that you're leaving if you're flying uh from the united states at least um so you didn't make that mistake when we flew to um paris though was that an overnight flight where we yeah. started the following Mo most most flights from the u.s to europe are overnight just because of the, the flight time and the time difference right it's hard to do the same day 
our we didn't leave New York City until one in the morning. Our flight it was it was scheduled for twelve, but we had an hour delay, which was very annoying. But uh, so we didn't leave Manhattan until one o'clock in the morning, and I think we landed in Oslo at t- one two p.m. Yeah, around two p.m. Yeah. Uh, so so that threw our plans in Oslo, which was unfortunate because we actually. We're really looking forward to it. Again, we loved it there. It was so much fun, like so very clean. Uh, so we wanted to get a better nightlife and restaurant experience, which was really our big plans because we didn't get that experience the day before because of how tired we were and how limited we were with time. And then this kind of threw a wrench into that. Um, and so what we had to do, we had a rental car planned for that day. I thought it was going to be the following day. So we had to take the train back to the airport, which is like, which their train system to and from the airport was so easy and so clean and so fast and efficient. It was great. So it was just like a 20 minute train back to the airport. Then we get the car and our first stop with the car is driving North from Oslo into the mountains. Um, And it started to rain and we're driving through these mountain roads very narrow one lane on each side lots of turns mostly guardrails but there's the big trucks use these roads and so it was scary for me driving in this new country in the rain on the mountain roads with these giant trucks driving by on these yeah it it was it took some warming up too for sure um and I, and I think that was like three hours of driving. We had to drive to this town outside of, so the ultimate goal was to go to this place called uh, Juntenheim National Park, which where we would hike the famous Basegen hike. Um, prior to getting there, we stopped in this town called Ota, that's O-T-T-A, and it was a ghost town. It was so weird. No one walking around. Everything looked closed. Thankfully, the grocery store was open. We stock up on protein bars and nuts and water for the hike the following day. And then we continue another hour drive to our hotel in at the at the opening of Jutunan National Park. Wow. Hey, real quick. Yeah. Driving in Norway, did you know that Norway actually um, had switched? They originally were driving on the left side of the road. No. Yeah. That switch happened in 1967. I did not know that. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, a, it's a, if you're interested in it and for everybody listening, um, there's a really cool history about it of like the preparation for it. And then the day of, it was like a switch 6 a.m. on September 3rd, 1967. Uh, and there was a radio countdown for it and everything. Um, politicians and like leaders were afraid that there was just going to be mass accidents. So they had like all of these emergency crews ready. And for that following year and the next, um, for a period of time after that, they had like the lowest number of auto fatalities because wow. everyone was driving super carefully and like paying attention. They should wow. just switch which side of the road you drive on like every five years to make people always, always focused and nervous. Um, uh, isn't that terrible that we have to do that? The, that's what the United States should do with the changing to the metric system from the imperial system. We should just say, okay, on this date at this time, 
moving forward, everything is going in the uh, the metric system. Yeah. Um, well, I think that certain things are in metric, which is interesting. But going back yeah. to the road situation, have you guys noticed that there are way more roundabouts in the U.S. now? I noticed a ton of them in Norway. I would say I've noticed there are some more. Um, but yeah, Norway, there's barely any traffic lights. They're all roundabouts. Yeah. It was it was amazing. Well, and in Pennsylvania specifically, a lot of the projects that I've been working on are incorporating more and more roundabouts. And PennDOT has been pushing this because they have incredibly low accidents, period. And if there are accidents, there are almost no deaths. The first death happened like a year or two ago, and some guy just like blew through the roundabout, um, I think drunk, and ended up, it was a single fatality. And that's mm. the been the only pockmark on the entire history of roundabouts in Pennsylvania, at least. Wow. They were very smooth. It was very smooth, easy to operate. And I should say that none of the road signs in Norway are in English at all, um, but still very easy to follow and understand and kind of figure out as you go. Um, fart means speed. <laughs> Just to let you know, if you see okay. fart signs, those are those those have to do with your speed. Uh, <laughs> we took it took us a little bit to figure that one out. Um, what did you think of that? I mean, I don't know. We it, it was it was easy to kind of see that it had something to do with road safety or, or driving. It was uh, just weird because it said it a lot in different ways. Like it wasn't yeah. always the same sign. There were many signs that had the word fart incorporated somewhere in it. <laughs> So we eventually looked it up and figure out what it meant. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So we drive through the rain and we get to our Airbnb. Actually, I don't think, I don't know if this one was booked through Airbnb, but we were like instantly blown away. It was this giant cabin like hotel structure with like this beautiful wooden entryway, nice steps up. And it felt very woodsy cabiny, but was more on the like, I don't want to say luxury. I mean, it was luxury for me. <laughs> uh, it was very nice. And we walk in and we end up having the option to pay for a buffet dinner. And Ooh. we do that. And Is we this the one down. on the lake? Yes. Okay. So we didn't stay in this main house. We actually had a cabin, uh, like our own little cabin. So the, yeah. the, this this entire facility was this giant main structure a bunch of little cabins and this entire area to park your rv rvs were very popular throughout norway um like so renting an rv with your family seems to be a common vacation style for people who travel through specifically germans apparently we learned but um we end up getting this dinner and it, we we loved it and this was where i think i first realized how meat heavy the country was we had different styles of moose and reindeer uh so many different types of fishes it was so good and and we're talking from like stew type meat dishes to cured meat so good and and i do have pictures and elliot actually let me give you access to our photos yeah bob when you were talking before about the food and everything being meat heavy that was the first meal i thought about they had a ton of food there and I think they had like a potato salad and Nutella. Other than that, I can't remember anything that wasn't meat. Yeah. It, they, they, did have some, they did have some desserts, a couple of small desserts. 
but they every, had some desserts that weren't meat, but meat. there was like yeah no fruit no real vegetables I, I my first two plates were only meat yeah during the buffet so Elliot, did you get access to the photos oh yeah i have them now so scroll down and you'll see the first food pictures are hot dogs or you know sausage and like a lot of those are the castle that we talked about where you can see the cannons keep yeah. scrolling past those then you'll get to the sauna eventually so it's a lot of oslo and then you'll see the sauna yep where we're in the water and you're going to share these with our guests right or, i mean with our with our listeners whoever wants access listen if you're listening to this and you want access to any photos or the full itinerary just let me know and i'll email it to you for free <laughs> um and then once you get past so mike was great at taking a lot of pictures of the drive which mike i i don't think i told you this but me once we we all uploaded all of our photos and i didn't get to see as much as you because i was focusing on not dying right. on driving <laughs> on these little narrow roads but so I, it is great that you got so many pictures of the drive itself because I think it really helps put the whole trip yeah. together in pictures. Right. Um. So if you scroll down, Elliot, have you gotten to the meat yet? Uh, meat get, yep, there it is. So that that's some of the meat that we started to eat there. And you can see the wood structure that I was talking about. And so, yeah, I, it was so good. I never had mm. moose before. The was fish, the moose was good. It tasted like red meat. It wasn't really anything mind blowing. It wasn't um, gamey. No, I didn't find it gamey. I found it more steak like than gamey. Okay. I can't remember the difference actually. They had so you said moose reindeer. They had goat. They had lamb. Yeah, there were so many different kinds. Like forest pig. Yeah, I couldn't remember which of which. Yeah, it was hard that's to keep. A, it that's a boar, right? Yeah, I guess essentially it's a boar, wild boar. Uh, and then we we leave dinner and we go to our cabin. It's a four-bedroom cabin. And again, Mike and I had the entire thing to ourselves. So I don't think it was supposed to be that way. There were four bedrooms and a shared bathroom. And again, I I, or I don't think I mentioned this, but a lot of the places that we booked, we we traveled more on the budget side of things. I don't know. Not full budget for sure, but... Because like, we spent a when ton you say of money. Budget? Do you mean like low budget? I I don't know. Like budget friendly, not low budget. Sure. We didn't do this as cheap as we've had people on the podcast talk about their travel experiences, where they're finding places for like seven dollars a night. Yeah, uh, I'd say probably between fifty to a hundred dollars. Okay. Each was most of our accommodations. Um. So still pretty good. And yeah, so we had this cabin to ourselves, which was awesome. Elliot, you can see pictures of me leaning against our beautiful little car, which was drive yeah. so smoothly. Was, it, was that a VW Atlas? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It was a very fun little car to drive, though. Very easy. I enjoyed driving that car a lot, actually. Uh, being in Norway probably helped. If I was on the turnpike in Jersey, I don't know if I'd like it as much, but kind of whipping through the the mountainsides, and it was it was really fun. Um, a question. question. Yeah. Um, was it, was that one gas? Yes. Okay. Yes. So we learned that I, someone told us like 80% of all the cars in Norway are electric. Someone at the airport told us that. So I don't know if that's uh, true. I mean, Bob, we did an entire travel bites article on that. 
what that it was 80 percent. so every truck we passed was electric yeah. every yes. every freight truck was completely electric we didn't see a single gas-powered freight truck but the cars i didn't get the impression that more cars were electric than gas i did think it was noticeable like i've never seen so many teslas in my life there yeah. was a lot of of electric vehicles and i guess i should also say i'm not a big car guy and so i couldn't other than a Tesla, which is like an iconic electric vehicle, I can't look at a VW and just say, oh, that's electric without really knowing about it. So there might have been the, more. Of the few pictures that I've spun through already, I'd say half are electric. Of the cars that you've seen? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So maybe. Yeah. I just really know Teslas and that's kind of it. I was just curious if yours ended up being electric because I think that would have made for a very interesting trip. That so Mike and I pretty much survived off of gas station sandwiches being on the road trip. We spent a lot of time eating at gas stations. They were good. It was good quality food at the gas stations. Uh, right. They were very nice, but they're abundant too. Like Circle K's were everywhere. Every few miles oh, we'd yeah. see a, a gas station with the opportunity to charge a car too. So I think it would be pretty easy to charge. It would just add a little more time to your trip, but still pretty easy. Yeah, the um, gas stations were really clutch. And I was going to say before, when you were talking about the food, hot dogs in Norway are huge. <laughs> so <laughs> I've definitely had more hot dogs during that week than I've had in, in many years. Um, yeah. So we had to stop at gas stations regularly, uh, whether it was to fill up or just to get a snack. And it was always hot dogs. Yeah. Hot, well, you you were more of the hot dogs and I was eating the baguettes. So they had baguette yeah, yeah, yeah. sandwiches. And that, so I was mm. eating like turkey and cheese baguette sandwiches and they were good. They were good from the gas station. I mean, you can't do that in the United States. Uh, you can get gas station sushi here though. Yeah. Get the, get the gas station egg salad sandwich. That's yeah. Turns you into the incredible Hulk. Um, so we wake up for this hike called the Segen. Now this hike is famous in Norway considered mike you said you read that it was considered one of the most beautiful hikes in the world by national geographic yeah it said top 20 i didn't see a specific number but and but it's off the beaten path so i don't know if you can do this without a car because most people drive or take the train from bergen i'm sorry from oslo to bergen or vice versa we had to go north to get to this hike it takes a ferry to get to the trailhead so we woke up, drove to the parking lot, got on a ferry, drove us to the trailhead, and we began the hike. And yeah. what makes this hike unique and just beautiful is that you walk this ridge line where you might have, it's like a 20-foot ridge line, Mike, and let me know if you judged it differently. And on either side, you have sheer cliffs to beautiful blue fjords. One was blue and one was turquoise. So the difference in mineral content and maybe elevation changed. I haven't had the opportunity to look it up. I meant to uh, changes the composition of the water. And so it was gorgeous. It was so beautiful. I, I mean, I love this hike. Yeah. So it's awesome. And I don't know if I'm going to get this right, but I think one body of water was the fjord. And then on the left side was like a lake in the yeah. mountain. Uh, oh, I think the elevation, like you said, the, the lake was, you know, up significantly higher than the fjord. Um, you know, it, it definitely changed the color of the water and it, it was really cool to see. 
when you said 20 feet, I, you mean 20 feet wide? I assume? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It was probably about that. And so that was like the easy part, right? So we hike, we have to, we have to, we have this ascent and then we walk this ridge line, and then things got a little tricky. Uh, and Mike used the word terrified to describe his experience moving forward. So we come up to, we finish the ridge line, and you're now hit with what I was kind of describing on the trail as like these three humps. So you have this one elevation gain where it kind of gets flat, another elevation gain where it kind of gets flat, and then a third where you're finally on the summit. Um, it was very windy. Very, very windy. I, I'm not able to judge the speed of the wind. Uh, I don't know, 10 miles per hour, which feels really windy, I think, on a mountain. You're probably um, closer to 20. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to guess, but 10 sounds low. It definitely was enough where it wasn't going to blow you off the mountain, but it, it could move you slightly. Yeah, It was moving you. I would stop. So when the gusts got strong, yeah. you had to stop moving because I forgot to add this part. We were climbing vertically. We were, we were, we were fixing our hands and feet into rocks and literally climbing up rocks. We were rock scrambling. Elliot, there are oh, some pictures so of that. And I knew Mike was scared at this point because he just stopped talking completely to me uh and was just only focusing on climbing up you were ahead of me for most of that i think uh and i think elliot i have some pictures uh of that yeah where i'm like looking straight up at mike as he's climbing the rocks above me yeah yeah i was slightly ahead of you and i have a couple comments here so first <laughs> when you were talking about these humps for anyone who's listening who decides they might want to do this bob's talking about these humps and then they're they flatten out it, it's not like they flatten out for any significant period of time. Maybe you have a, a couple feet where you're Yes, flat. yes, yes, but yes. It's essentially uh, a rock climbing experience for, I don't know, I, I couldn't guess how many feet it is, but it probably took us 45 minutes to an hour, I'd imagine. For the scramble. Yeah. In, in 20, 20 mile an hour wind. It was, um, yeah, it was you can, the video you have, you can hear the wind. Yeah. Yeah. And earlier in this podcast, when we were talking about people and Bob, you said you never felt uh, in danger the entire time we were there. I never felt in danger because of the people, but I was very concerned that I wasn't going to make it through this hike. <laughs> First hike. <laughs> so Elliot, there's a picture with Mike climbing straight up and you see yeah. someone in yellow above him. Yeah. You, said, you got to those? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's where it was. And then we make it to the top and the summit and then the descent. Very easy and pretty enjoyable. We actually just kind of had a nice talk as we're coming down, though. Something awesome happens. We see a herd of 12 reindeer, which nice. we both were just kind of blown away by. It was so that was cool. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So how long was the hike in total? Mm, six hours Miles or, or hours? Both. I think it was yeah. about nine miles. So they do everything in kilometers, but I was converting. I think it was about nine miles. And in hours, we left at, I think it was just before 10 a.m. And I think we finished around five, Bob. Does that sound right? I think it was seven, seven and a half hours. Something like that. And then we actually, um, yeah, we just went to bed that night. So yeah, I yeah, I, I think something like that. Hold on one second. My chair is messed up. There we go. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, once you once you get to the the top of that scramble, uh, it's it's pretty easy most of the rest of the way. There's like a, a small waterfall you have to cross, which is a little challenging, but uh, it's pretty much just a walk down for I want to say it was five kilometers that we had left at that point. Um, but yeah, it took about seven and a half hours. It, it wasn't overly challenging from a, a um, physical perspective as far as endurance, but that that scramble was was terrifying was the word I used and I'll continue to use it. I was I was not okay. <laughs> uh, well, I guess we haven't really said it, but when you're scrambling, you're still on the ridge. So yeah. either side of this mountain, you know, it's I guess 15 to 20 feet wide, and it's just a straight drop down for many, many thousands of meters on either side. Yeah, that, yeah, I could have done without the wind, for sure. It, it would have been way more enjoyable, I think, because it would have allowed us to just kind of take it in in different ways and look around at least, but we had to be so intently focused on, I, I was personally just intently focused on where my hands were. I always made sure that I had at least three appendages on in contact <laughs> with a rock and would move like one hand at a time and then move one foot at a time harnessing so your inner mountain goat yeah 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 um so i i do highly recommend that hike i thought it was awesome um but and, those and, like when you finish that 15 kilometers that four to six hours of hiking it feels so good though right and then you can just like go get some food uh, drink a beer or multiple and just relax. Yeah. That's, that's my ideal vacation is this trip. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll, dude, I, I'll, I'll do this again in like Sweden or Finland if you want. Yeah. Um, so, well, I'm just going to take your itinerary and do this with Amanda and Viv. There you go. It's dude. So that actually for this hike, I don't know if I'd recommend this with a young child. Uh, that hike, I don't, I don't, I personally would not take my kids on this hike. That being said, there was a little Viking baby in a backpack with a Viking <laughs> dad. And I seemed fine. I mean, when we woke up to go to the port to get the ferry to go to the trailhead, Mike and I were freezing cold. It wasn't that cold, but there was the wind chill and I didn't pack enough for winter weather. And so I was very nervous that on the summit, I was going to essentially freeze. I actually bought a wool hat and gloves in the lodge. And then the amount of energy you have to exert to get to the top, I was hot and I actually was taking clothes off. But you'd have to be... You were talking about the Viking baby. Yeah. The Viking baby, yeah. Seemed fine. In the, like, in the morning, no hat. Or maybe yeah, a hat, but, but like the ears were uncovered, and I just could not believe this baby growing up in the environment, you know. So has has that on us, but yeah, just parents, completely unfazed. The parents had like t-shirts and shorts on. It was like yeah. forty-five degrees, I think. They're probably uh, they're probably German. Uh, I I mean they could be Scandinavian though of some kind. We did meet we met Swedes uh, on that, well, that hike specifically. Germans actually. are also very like. Germans love to hike and they're like, all right, we're going to do uh, a six, a six uh, mile hike. And yeah. the, the guy, hike, there's, there's plenty of uh, memes about this jokes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you could do it. I think it's a hard hike though, for sure. It's for sure with a baby. Um, so yeah, so that was that. And then I think I had mentioned that we went back and went to bed, but we actually jumped in the car at the end of this hike. Yeah, we, we drove. 
and we drove three hours uh, oh, wow. to Flom. And I remember writing out the itinerary and being a little nervous about doing that. I'm glad we did ultimately. And then once you realize that it's going to be daylight the whole time and you're not driving in the night, that really is why I pulled the trigger and just said, let's just drive and move on. Um, and so we did. We drove to this town called Flam, where, again, blown away by the ride. And we're not even really saying it, but every time we're in the car, Mike and I are just like, wow, wow, this is amazing. This is beautiful. There's waterfalls <laughs> and and massive mountains and these fjords. And the roads are carved into the sides of these mountains. So you're getting breathtaking views the entire time you're in the car um and so that was amazing we get to this town called flam which was a very backpacky like backpacker hostel type town at least that's kind of the vibe i got um we're staying in a hostel mike i think this is your first hostel experience it where we have a hostel experience yeah we shared a bed a in a that was the hostel part of it. building <laughs> We had <laughs> that was a the highlight of the trip. We <laughs> share the bathroom with everybody else, and then there were shared showers where we were given a token for a six-minute shower. Um, and so we stay there for a little bit, and then we end up going to this amazing bar. Now, the bar was called Agir Brigiri Pub, and it's like a Viking bar. So everything's wood and there's like Viking statues and big beers. And they have this thing called the Viking plank. And Mike, we, we actually had forgotten what was on the Viking plank. So I wanted to actually find it. Uh, so we can say what was on there. Yeah. I think there was like a, there was lamb, like sliced lamb. There was a soup. I think it was like a salmon soup. And then, yeah. there was a, then there was a dessert. There were five things. It was delicious, um, but we actually shared that. And then we each got a, a separate meal. We each got a rack of ribs. Yeah. Oh, nice. Ooh, those yeah. tunnels are cool. The tunnels are cool. You're just looking at the pictures. Yeah. yeah. And we actually we met a couple from, or not a couple, we met two couples together uh, from Ohio, right? In this yeah. bar. So we talked to them a bit. They were actually doing a similar trip, but the opposite direction. Um, and they were pretty cool. And it was fun to kind of talk with them for a little bit. Uh, so we end up eating dinner, going back, showering, going to bed. And that's pretty much caps out that day. Uh, the next morning we wake up and we go to this Viking village. And if you've ever gone to the Renaissance fair. Yeah. Kind of like that, not as lively. The people there were not very, I don't want to say not friendly, not outgoing. I mean, they're they Vikings. Were. Yeah, and that's, we joke that. We actually said that. Like, they're they're just Vikings. They didn't want to talk to us. But it is cool. This village, we threw axes. Uh, we, we Did you actually get them to stick? Archery. We both did. Mike was better at the axe throwing, and I ended up getting him on the archery. Um, uh, with our friendly competitions and then i think the coolest thing mike was that game we played so we went into this tent with this little flute player the village flute player or whatever he was supposed <laughs> to be and we play this game of chess like but it wasn't chess it was viking chess where you had i mean it was way different the board was similar <laughs> and the pieces looked like 
Viking versions of chess pieces. But other than that, I mean, it wasn't really chess. And so Mike and I learned how to play quickly, pretty quickly. And I think we did a pretty decent job until, Mike, I don't think you ultimately remembered what my goal yeah. was. So, so I had Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you no. don't have the same in this game. You don't have the same goal like you do in chess. Um, one side has a certain goal, and the other side has another. And I was so focused on my own goal that I forgot what Bob's was, and I just kind of let him win. <laughs> so he he got me on that one. But just to kind of paint a picture, you know, Bob said the village flute guy. Um, this place was pretty dead. There weren't very many people there at all. Certainly not many customers. If I had to guess, we might have saw. 25 people the whole time we were in there and oh, wow. this guy this this flute player is sitting in this house by himself i mean he's not playing the flute for anyone else he's just sitting there playing the flute uh he, he's your own bard I, I just thought it was really it felt very kind of out of a movie um it was very strange but also very interesting but he was super nice he he coached us through the game and told us what we were whether we were doing things right or wrong um so it was a really interesting experience. Yeah, that's awesome. He, he I, I don't know if either of you watched The Witcher, but he reminded me of uh, Jess Skier. And for those yeah, listening, which is a pretty popular show. So, um, yeah, the name of the game, I'm not going to try to say it, but I am. I will spell it so people listening can do it. So it's called H N E F A T A F L. Anyone want to take a crack at that? Infinato. Uh, Hinfanatal. Yeah, I mean, close enough. And so if you go into one of the tents, you could do that. And my and and yeah, you're right. It was empty. We didn't wait in line to throw the axes. We didn't wait in line to throw the to the archery. Again, further indicating that June is a pretty slow season for Norwegian travel. Yeah, although we did get there right when they opened. So it might have gotten busier later in the day. We got there right at 10 o'clock, and I think they opened right at 10. That's true. That's true. Uh so from there we drive to Bergen. And Bergen is is the second largest city in Norway to Oslo, but I think the most beautiful city. And Mike, did you end up learning what the population of Bergen was? Uh, I at the time I did. I want to say it was like three hundred thousand. That sounds right. That's or maybe that was my guess. Maybe it was. I think it was three hundred thousand and five hundred thousand. I don't remember which was my guess and which was right, but I think those. Those were the numbers I remember. 300,000, you would be pretty darn close. What is it? Uh, as of 2014, the last stat is 272. So I would imagine it's right around 300 yeah. okay. or right under. Um, so so then we land in Bergen. Bergen is, is gorgeous. Again, the typical beautifully colored wooden houses along the water with tons to do tons of restaurants beautiful cobblestone streets to walk uh just fun just like a fun place to just simply be um was was real quick was the viking village uh or between the viking village and bergen is that when you went to see that waterfall no that was on the way to stavanger i think unless there's another waterfall you're talking about because it's the photos have it right after the viking village Oh no, the photos must just be a little bit out of water. No, okay. the, the waterfall was later. When you're um, saying the waterfall, it's like huge. It's like kind of two waterfalls. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was that was on the way to Stavanger. Got it. So 
in in Bergen, there's a ton to do. Uh, I don't know if we really need to get into too much other than how much we really loved it. The one thing that I do, I guess, want to bring up is the dinner that Mike and I had. It was expensive, but it was right on the water. Very expensive seafood restaurant. But I think the best seafood that I had in the entire trip. So if, if you're willing to spend the money, I think it's worth it. It's probably like on par with like a nice restaurant in Philadelphia. Um, maybe not quite a high end in New York, maybe like a middle of the ground in New York. But it was it was called again, so I'll spell it F J E L L S K A A L. I had the um wild salmon, which was so good. Mike, you had the trout? The trout, yeah. You had the trout, which seemed to be their two most popular fishes. And yeah. then Mike and I split uh, an appetizer of whale meat. Is that what that the, red thing is? So it's the black with the red in the middle. Yeah, like the yeah. So that's whale. It, they look like sliced beets. So whale, I learned, meat is a red meat. It looks like steak. Uh, it makes sense. They're mammals and all that stuff. They're not fish, but I never really had to think about it before. So the whale meat was very good. Oh no, Mike, he, the, the waterfall that he's talking about was just a random one that we were just driving by and we were like, let's stop here. That looks awesome. Oh, okay. So the pictures are in order, Elliot. That oh, was just, okay. you oh, remember? The, the waterfall that we walked behind. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, that was just on a whim. We were just driving yeah. by and they were like, that, that looks cool. Let's looks cool. check it out. Yeah, that was actually really awesome. That area, like looking down in that valley from up, because you walk up to that waterfall yeah. and looking down in that valley, I don't know. To me, it was just like the epitome of, of what we saw through Norway. It was just very beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. And so we spend the rest of the day in Bergen and enjoy nightlife there. That's Bergen is where a lot of what we talked about with the altercations, quote unquote, not really altercations, very polite interactions that were somewhat, uh, I don't know, uh, whatever. That's where they happened. It was that night. And the we ended up staying out super late and having to wake up the next morning to go to Oda. And Oda is another port city that seems to have been built around industry of some kind. Uh, I think mining, and again, like this is just me kind of basing that off of what I saw along the drive with power plants on the water and things like that. So I think there's some sort of manufacturing industrial history to this town. Um, and again, Mike and I were like, this place is amazing. Uh, beautiful waterfalls all around you, even as you're sitting in the town of Oda, because there's mountains all around you, water is just coming off mountains at all times. And so there's always waterfalls to look at. And Oda is very popular among tourists because it's in close proximity to potentially the most popular hike in Norway, which is Trolltunga. And so that's why we were there as well. So we get to Oda and again, we experience a completely ghost town. We try to go for dinner, but we get there 10 minutes before they close and they told us no. So we ended up finding a different place to eat and then went to bed because there's nothing else going on. Did you skip Trolltunga? No, Trolltunga is after we arrive in Oda. I do so, want to distinguish. So earlier in the trip, we stopped at Ota, O-T-T-A. That that was not a, a great experience and we just kind of stopped off there to get food 
um, Oda, this is O-D-D-A, is where Chaltunga is. Uh, and it was oh, okay. probably my favorite stop. Um, and I think it was because of, you know, you're sitting, we had, we had dinner one night on the fjord, you're sitting right on the water, these waterfalls are around, and it's this tiny little mountain town that people probably wouldn't know about if it wasn't for this popular hike. So um, I thought that was probably my favorite stop in the trip. That's cool. Yeah. Really, really, Oda. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can't argue with that at all. Like that place was amazing. I, I think Bergen kind of takes the cake for me as far as towns go. Yeah, I mean, Bergen was beautiful, but it's it's more of a city. I mean, Oda's a mm-hmm. tiny little town in the mountain. Bergen's a city, and Bergen is beautiful for the for a city. I mean, the architecture was great. Uh, the pastel building fronts that you're talking about was awesome. And obviously, the nightlife in Bergen, you know, Oda couldn't compare to that because nothing's ever open. They have, like, one bar in town. Um, yeah. But just, I, I think the the whole atmosphere of Oda and it being in the middle of the mountains the way it is it just it was stunning to me i thought it was really awesome yeah it's awesome it's like split between two lakes it's like interlocking in switzerland yeah it it um no i think you're looking at flam elliot no that's oda oh you are yeah, yeah. um and so yeah it, i think some part of the reason too why oda and flam were so amazing to us we, you, you have no expectations going to these towns. You just are huh. using them sort of as jumping off points to do the thing that you're really there to do. And so when you show up and you have this, you're, you're coming down to the town from this high mountain road and you get this beautiful view of this port village and you make your way down. And that really adds to it too, because you're going in with like no expectations. And then it's just stunning, just beautiful. And so it really added a lot to the trip, I think. Um, and so, yeah, we, uh, we get to Oda, we have dinner, we go to bed and then we wake up and we do Trolltunga. So Trolltunga is for any hiker going to Norway, most likely will end up doing this hike. I think, um, the beginning of it was quite challenging, very steep. I mean, quite challenging for most, right, Mike? Uh, funny. (laughs) So it it is no it is it was it was a make pretty... sure when you hike it you're on the same the same wavelength as your hiking partner. I I woke up and I had <laughs> no food and I had a lot of caffeine in my body and I just kind of wanted to move at a at a little bit of a faster pace. That's all. And so um, but it, no, I and I don't want to pretend that it wasn't hard. Like it's pretty steep. It's pretty challenging unless you're a, uh, a, you hike very 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 often and you're used to those inclines. I think you're gonna feel this. Um, and I did. I felt it for days later. My shins were sore and I, I had some sore muscles from it. But you get to the top, you you get past the original ascent, and then you're walking this beautiful flat rocky area with a bunch of like ponds. And we had a lot of snowfall still on the ground. And that was really cool. There was a, a house up there. So there was a bunch of structures. There was like hiking safety structures. But then there was this house still kind of boggled by that i don't know who lives there when it was built how it was built um it looks like a house but i kind of feel like it it must have been another kind of like a health a health center or something something like that for the hikers that go out there yeah and 
the whole purpose of Trolltunga, if you don't know this, is to eventually make yourself make your way to this rock that juts out um, over the fjord. And you can go and there's a line to take a picture. And that's kind of the whole thing. Um, We and and Trolltunga, I think, is Trolltunga. Troll tongue. It's in English. Ah, There's a lot of troll folk lore in Norway. You can't go into a souvenir shop with seeing trolls. There's troll statues everywhere. They very they lean very hard on it. But and this was the troll's tongue. And you go out and you're standing on. I mean, how wide do you think Troll Tunga is? That actual rock, ten feet? Uh, fifteen. Probably probably fifteen. Yeah. Uh, But I mean, as you get toward the end of it, it gets a little more narrow. It's shaped like a tongue yeah um, you know and some normal people like me go out to the middle of it and stand there uh because they don't want to die and then there's yeah, people terrifying. like bob who go sit on the edge of it with their feet dangling over the end uh and give their hiking partner a heart attack <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so it, it i don't recommend doing that because i'm not going to recommend it on my podcast and someone fall <laughs> off Trolltunga. so i'm telling you right now don't do it i did it because as I walked out there, so I didn't go out there saying I was definitely going to do that. And and I wasn't the one that came up with this idea. Like it's, we saw it a bunch while we were there. Yeah, I've there's seen like a million, five guys doing it right before you. Yeah, yeah. I've seen pictures of people doing it there. And so I knew that it was a thing that people did. I went out there and as I got out there, you notice that the very tip of the rock slopes backwards. So as you put your legs up, you're actually leaning back and you need to hold yourself with your legs over the whole time so if you were to fall you would roll backwards not saying that that's safe that would be super scary (laughs) but um (laughs) you're not leaning forward and you're not even flat and so that added a layer of uh my heart sense of security my heart is beating faster right now just reliving rethinking about you sitting on the edge of that (laughs) Yeah, my my heart rate is elevated just seeing the pictures. Well, I did it like two times, I think. <laughs> we went out onto the rock three times, right? You went out three times. I went out twice. Okay, because we were we were messing around with pictures, and I, you know, we didn't take a camera. I thought about taking my nice camera, and that is the only place on the entire trip where I was where I realized like a better camera would have done that more justice. Other than that, I didn't really miss it. I'm okay with the iPhone. I'm not a photographer and I don't really post pictures that much to where they need to be perfect. But that hike, those pictures, I think would have been done better with a, with a better phone. I'm sorry, with a better camera, but uh, yeah, well worth it. And another place where we didn't have long lines, apparently though, that line can be an hour plus longer during peak hiking season. Wow. Um, Well, we got on the first shuttle out there. So, and yeah. And Bob decided that he wanted to be the first people out there. So, uh, and I, 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 so for a while, I thought we were going to be the first. And then as we got closer, we ended up coming across Tent City, where you had all these backpackers who actually slept yeah. 10 minutes from the Trolltunga and were actually the first ones there in the morning. Huh. We never talked about this. Was that when you got off the bus, was it actually your goal to be the first ones there? No. So we got off the bus and most people like took time to, I don't know, tie their shoes. And I just was like, yeah, you know who wanted to do that? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I said, I just grabbed my backpack, saw the trailhead and just started walking. So and one, then... of my, one of my shoes was loose and I wanted to tie it. And Bob, so they made us put our backpacks in the back of the, the shuttle. And Bob was closer to them than me when we were getting them out. So he grabbed both of our bags and he handed me mine and said, let's go. And he just turned and went. Yeah. And so I, I, ba- I didn't even have time to put my backpack on and Bob's halfway up this it's like already um but that's, that's that's traveling with bob yeah it wasn't and bob we we haven't talked about this but i didn't think that that incline was that challenging my thing was more about pace and i don't think we've mentioned it but this hike was 23 kilometers it was about 15 miles so in my mind i just wanted to make sure that I could finish it <laughs> and running up the first four kilometer incline wasn't part of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, and, and I mean, I knew I wasn't expecting you to keep up like with me because I knew I was going at, at uh, an abnormally partner. fast pace. I, I was just jolted full of caffeine. I, tr- I chugged a Red Bull. I had no food in my stomach, right? We didn't yeah. eat yet. Yeah, we so didn't I woke eat. up. The only thing in my stomach was a Red Bull and I normally work out first thing in the morning. So I think that also contributed to they contribute for, for the past five years of my life, I've worked out at five 30 in the morning, pretty most days. And so, I don't know, it was the caffeine. It was like <laughs> my body just being like, Oh, Your it's routine. exercise time. And I just kind of went and yeah. my plan was always to just kind of exert the energy and get to the top and then hang out and wait for you. I wasn't going to, I, and it, obviously we spent most of the hike together. Um, <laughs> but you know, that's, that's what happens, man. You got a fit friend, you know, fit friend. So very humble about it too. So how long did it take? I how long? Yeah. It was like the only thing on the itinerary that day. We started at we took the shuttle at 6 30. We probably started at about quarter of seven. And and the shuttle we ended up walking <laughs> down. Right. We ended up so so the way this works is there's a very, very steep road um, that takes you. So there's three parking lots. I'm going to go through all of it. There's P1, P2, and P3. P1, you wouldn't really start the hike at, but you could start from P2 or P3. If you start at P2, you start by hiking up essentially this access road to P3. Um, we didn't want to do that. It's extremely steep, and it adds a significant amount to the hike a shuttle, they have shuttles there that will take you up and down from P2 to P3 and vice versa. So we took the shuttle up to P3 and hiked from there. But when we got uh, back to P3, we got back at 1.30 and the first shuttle didn't start until 2.30. So we walked back down um, from P3 to P2. Which, got it. So you skipped the hardest part of the hike. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But walking walking down from P3 to P2 would generally be a pretty easy task if you hadn't just walked as far as you did. It was pretty rough on our feet because it's very steep. It was very steep. And the the decline of the road forces your toes to get shoved into the front of your boot. And that was just really destroying my toes. And Elliot, yeah. I, I think you know, you can kind of I think picture it because of our experience at Machu Picchu. Remember yeah. how we you hike to the base parking lot area and then you could take the shuttle up yeah. to start the hike or you can walk up. Yep. That it was that was like the same thing. We yep. took the shuttle up and walked down 
which we did the opposite in Peru, we walked up and took the shuttle down. Yeah. So same type of same type of thing to access Machu Picchu. Uh all in all, the hike was amazing. Loved it. Trolltunga being as beautiful and awesome as it was, there was also tons of other things to look at and enjoy while you were hiking there. Uh, crystal clear water. You walk like through creeks and over small little water areas. There's waterfalls. It's it's beautiful. It, the whole thing. So highly recommend Trolltunga. Um, after Trolltunga, I think we did just go back to the Airbnb. Being essentially, I think we found dinner and we crashed for the night. We didn't do much after that day. Yeah. And the next morning, um was our roughest oh no we no we did we, we ended up going out and enjoying drinks in Oda that night and then we went to the we went to bed and woke up the next day um and this day was just kind of a mess from the beginning we woke we were up of... until huh well multiple things i think um we woke up at 3 30 we went to bed at 3 30 in the morning i think or four o'clock in the morning after hiking Trolltonga and then going out all night and drinking we had to wake up and we had a three hour drive from Oda to Stavanger. We leave and I think it starts raining, right? Like most of that drive was in the rain. Yeah, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't yeah. bad rain. But that's where we stopped at the really cool waterfall. Um, it's like a double double waterfall. It's, it's, it's one waterfall, but it's split by a rock. Yeah. Uh, like a, a huge boulder. Um, so that was really cool. And it's a popular stop off for tourists. So we were, we were talking about it because I would guess there were probably a hundred people there to take pictures of this waterfall. And then we got back in the car and like a mile up the road, there's another waterfall and it's huge. And in New Jersey, it would be a huge tourist attraction, but there wasn't one person there because it's, they're just so common in Norway. They're, they're everywhere. So, um, yeah. But yeah, we we started that drive from Oda and went to Stavanger, and it was about three hours, I guess. I think it it rained a little bit, but it wasn't bad. I, okay. I, I yes, I want to jump back really quick to one thing, and is is kind of an honorable mention. We did stop at a few places on our ride from Flam to from Bergen to Oda. The, the it was the waterfall uh, and a few other places, but the one thing that I think my favorite out of the places that we stopped mike was that lake yeah and it's called bond hustvaten lake and i'll spell it b-o-n-d-h-u-s-v-a-t-n-e-t it's a short easy hike from a parking lot off the beaten path you have to you have to seek this out and then you come to this lake tucked away in a bowl with beautiful green mountains, crystal clear lake with a nice little boat docked for pictures, I think was its only reason there, which actually really made the picture awesome. So yeah, I can see why. Uh, and we took a ton of pictures there. There's a beach there that you can apparently camp on if you wanted to. But if you have a car and if you're driving in the area, which I think most people will be, I think that was worth the stop and the short hike. So. Um, okay, jumping back ahead now to our last day. Uh, well, uh, our last day was a travel day, but our second to last day actually in Norway. So we 
get to Stavanger with the whole purpose of taking this dinner cruise tour. We get into Stavanger at 2.30. We think our tour is at 3.30 because I put that on the itinerary. It was, in fact, 3 o'clock. Unfortunately, we had trouble with getting into the Airbnb because our tour guide needed to know the exact time we were supposed to get into Stavanger. I didn't know that. So when we get there, our our Airbnb host isn't there and unable to let us in. So we had to go back to the car to drop our bags. Then we go to Stavanger. And by the time we get to Stavanger, to the port, we're 10 minutes, I think it was eight minutes late for our boat. And so our cruise leaves without us and we don't get to enjoy the cruise tour. So then we go to the town area to try to find somewhere to eat and everything's closed except for like one Irish pub, um, which there were a bunch of in Norway actually. But um, so most of the places are closed. We find somewhere to get a quick burger again, just because we couldn't find seafood, which is what we wanted, which is what I kind of wanted, I think. Um, Mike, I think, wanted the burger and beer. And then... Um, I wanted and then seafood. You did, yeah. And then it starts to pour rain. And and Stavanger is empty. I mean, there were people there, I guess, when we were walking around. There was a cruise ship docked, so there was obviously a lot of people in Stavanger at the time. But the restaurants were empty and the streets were pretty empty. And it was really interesting. And even our bartender at this Irish pub said that it was surprisingly empty for this time period. So um, that was it. I mean, it poured rain and we kind of went back to the Airbnb, I think, and then went out and tried to get dinner and it rained more. And eventually I think we just called it a night and went to bed and woke up at 3.30 in the morning the following day to get a flight back to New York City. Interesting. Yeah, the last day definitely wasn't the highlight, but Stavanger no. and like and a cool city, though. It it does seem like a cool city. If you, I, I, I would like a few days in that city. And, you know, I, I summarizing, I was one summarizing my thoughts on that day, like, it kind of just comes out like things happen and uh, yeah, you can have a bad day anywhere. Uh, you know, on your day-to-day life and even on vacation, bad things can happen and your plans go uh, to crap. And that it just is what it is. And it's unfortunate when it happens on your vacation. But I think ultimately, like, that's just what happened. It, it just, I don't know. The, the rain, the cruise, the cruise was my fault. The rest of the day that was crap was just an unfortunate for us. Um, so, you know, uh, all in all, it's still your favorite country. All in all, I found the trip amazing. I think as a full package like this, I, I, I 100% want to take my kids to this country, my wife to this country so they can see it. Um, I think I'm going to wait though, Elliot, like a little older. Like I want, I want Roman to be a hiking, a hiking age. And so I'm thinking 10, 11, when he can prove himself worthy of the hike i will take him to norway (laughs) but yeah i i think that this country is so beautiful and has so much to offer that i think everybody should try to go see it i'm I'm curious to see how it compares to sweden and finland which have similar geography 
So I, I, I do want to do Finland and Sweden and Elliot. So I've been to Sweden, but I've only been to Stockholm for two days. So I haven't seen any of the natural environment of Sweden. So I would go back. I would go back there and do a similar trip or Finland. So maybe the three of us can hit tick off the Norwegian or the Scandinavian countries over over uh, the course of our lives. Norwegian, huh? Oh, I'm sorry, Scandinavian. <laughs> yeah. But all in all, yeah, all in all, amazing trip. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I I think yeah, it was pretty awesome. It was. It was. I mean, the last day sucked, but it certainly didn't overshadow the rest of it. It was an amazing trip. Yeah, I think tips I would add, uh, only use your credit card. So do not bring cash or you'll lose money with the currency exchange cap, but you can use a travel credit card. So I use my American, my, I'm sorry, my Citibank American Airlines card for the entire trip. Chase Sapphire Preferred is another good travel card to use. We used one credit card. So Elliot, this is a thing that was new. So I used my credit card for every purchase for the trip. And then Mike and I split the card, the credit card bill at the end, which made it pretty easy. Did you just uh, use Splitwise? No, I just had, I just put my card out for every purchase that we had together. And then when the, the, the trip was over, we just looked at the credit card bill and split it. Okay. Um, the driving. So Mike, I'm still, I'm still getting hit with like tolls and stuff, bills from Hertz, um, which, which is just, it, Everything was automated. So they have license plate reading features in the parking garage. So that parking garage that we parked in, in Stavanger, I did get end up getting a bill from that. Remember how we were like, oh, we didn't oh, have to pay. Right. Yeah. And so, but it's all automated and they just, I guess, figure it out and then send you how the bills later. It? Huh? How much was the parking garage? It's all in Nook. So I don't, I don't know yet. I haven't, I haven't converted it over yet. Uh, let's see. What's the currency? Right Nope. Uh, it's the abbreviation is NOK. It's Kuna, I think is how okay. you pronounce it. Uh, two hundred and fourteen Nook. So, like twenty one bucks. Yeah, yeah twenty two dollars I think. Um, and because it's end change. So, is it the Crone? So you said. So there's Crone and Krona. I think because I remember when I was in Sweden, I think it was Krona, and then there's Crone. Okay. Yeah, it's called description. It just says auto pass. So I don't know if this is because we didn't pay for the ferry. And I was wondering if they just automatically will charge me later. And so there's been like two or three of these trickle in. Um, I got them. Don't worry about it. Because I, I think uh, I ended up paying. You ended up paying for other stuff. So we'll just call it even. But um, yeah, I found that interesting. So later on. and And then one last major thing that I think is important. Norway is very expensive. Uh, this is much more expensive than Elliot. The two trips that you and I have been together, Morocco and Peru, are significantly cheaper than Norway. The food yeah. is expensive. Um, the souvenirs, everything. It's just it's just an expensive country to travel through. So be prepared for that for sure. Uh, uh, I have I one recommendation because this added to our last day being terrible. Uh, we needed to get gas to fill up for the yeah. The airport the next day when we dropped the rental car off and we had just missed our boat we couldn't get dinner and we decided okay let's go back to the airbnb we'll get showered we'll go get gas and then we'll go back out for dinner we went to how many gas stations six yeah six at six. least because they wouldn't we didn't have cash 
because we had just been doing everything on the credit card. And for whatever reason, at gas stations, at almost every gas station, we found two that would take a cre our credit card, but they require a PIN. Even if it's a credit card as opposed to a debit card, they require a PIN number. And so I did a little Googling about it after the fact, and it does say that you should bring a credit card that has a PIN, which I wasn't even aware existed. Um, but if you want to avoid that, um, you, you need a credit card that has a PIN number. We would go in and we would ask the gas station attendant, and he kind of looked at us crazy because we said we didn't have a, a PIN number. Uh, so apparently that's a very common thing. Um, but like I said, we went around to, I think, six gas stations until we finally found one that let us pay without a, a pin. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that was, it was, that was frustrating. The whole day, the whole day was just really frustrating. And, um, you know, again, it happens, it happens. I'd rather have a bad day in Norway, you know, than, uh... <laughs> So yeah, I mean that was the trip. I don't want we don't I don't want to really end on a, on a down note, but again, it was I think it I think it was my favorite country. Um, that's it's awesome. hard to really pick one, but this one had a lot to offer. I think everybody, uh, whereas traveling to somewhere like Peru and Morocco, like Elliot, the 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 experience is more narrow. Like Morocco was very like the food was all the same. And it just the 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 variety of the natural environment wasn't there, and so I think I think because of those reasons, Norway kind of blew my mind. Well, yeah. and, Bob, to be fair to Morocco, we all, we also we kind of skipped the Atlas Mountains, we kind of skipped the coast. So I think Morocco we can't just say yeah. Morocco doesn't have an interesting environment because it does. We just no, didn't explore I it. And I don't, I didn't mean to say that at all. I, I, the Sahara Desert is one of the highlights of my life. Being able to camp under the stars in the Sahara Desert is one of the best experiences I've ever had. Uh, and, I, and, and I just mean that in the way of like comparing countries. Yeah. Norway to me, the, the, the variety of, of the environments and the experiences I think was wider. I don't know. So. Bob, you were saying this to a number of people that we met on the trip. Um, but I think the fact that we had a car, I don't think you said this yet on the podcast. I think the fact that we were driving made a huge difference. And I think it's very popular for people to take trains around Norway. Uh, the, the group of people from Ohio, we met that they were taking trains. Uh, and I just think it would have been a different experience. Obviously I haven't done it. Um, but the fact that we had the car and we could drive through the fjords and, and see what we saw, I think was a huge part of why the trip was as awesome as it was. Huge. I agree. I agree. Getting the car was the worthwhile expense for the trip yeah. because you're right. There's a train that goes from Oslo to Bergen straight through that is like world renowned, apparently a beautiful train ride. And I believe it, but us being able to go off and do these little side quests, like the Viking village and stopping at random waterfalls and these little tiny lake hikes, uh, experiencing the gas stations and just meeting people at the gas stations and small things like that were really fun. And I think, yes, huge for our experience there. Yeah. So that's it. That's Norway. Um, if, again, if you're listening to this and want me to send you the itinerary, I'll do so. Uh, I can, I can easily send you the email. So reach out if you, if you want to uh, plan your trip there. Um, Mike, thank you for coming on the Traveler's Blueprint podcast. Should we do the rapid fire round for Mike? 
Should we, yes. should we put him through that? I think we should. Yeah, we should. Every guest, Absolutely. every guest has to go through it. So um, let's pull that up and then we will, and then we will end this one. Um, let's see. I think you could just find it in the. Uh... Yeah. Here we go, Mike. What is the first word that comes to your mind when you hear the word travel? Fun. I don't know. Fun was the first word that came to mind. There you go. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you're a big travel book reader, so let's just maybe make this a little bit broader. But which book or travel book, if you've read one, has the had the biggest influence on your life? Mm, I'm not a big travel book reader. Uh, I probably couldn't even just pick one off the top of my head, so I don't think I'm going to be able to answer that one. What about a what book? About book or What's your favorite favorite book, Mike? My favorite book? Ooh, uh, love The Outsiders. I recommend everybody read The Outsiders. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I read that. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, go ahead. What is one practical thing travelers can do right now to enhance their next travel experience? Mm. Uh make sure you plan your itinerary for the days you're actually going. Uh, I, I had a feeling <laughs> that was gonna come as a jab to me. <laughs> um tell us one thing travelers should not do. Travelers should not do. Yes. Uh, disrespect the local cultures in whatever country you're traveling to yeah sound advice agreed and the last question is what is one piece of advice you'd give to yourself 10 years ago oh start traveling now i remember uh i would see people posting pictures and i would just be super jealous and i never really i mean i've traveled um i played sports when i was younger so i would travel around the u.s for that but i never really explored i wasn't a big hiker uh, until probably 2018 or 2019 and I, I certainly wish I started that a long time ago yeah same. you found it now I didn't yeah. I didn't experience my first country until 2015 wow yeah 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 Elliot you've been traveling since you were young right ish yeah I did a lot of United States travel when I was younger and then like I'd been to Canada here and there but my first international trip was like not not to the Caribbean was Costa Rica in 2012. And then that just mm. kind of set it off. And you were in your twenties. Yes. That's interesting. So we all started yes. traveling pretty late in life. I think, you know, I, I, my kids are going to have a very different experience. Gia, by the end of this year, will have been to two countries by, by five years old. So yeah. All right. Uh, Mike, thank you again. Uh, I'm sure it'll be a while since I talked to you. So it was nice seeing you <laughs> and talking to you today. So uh, And Mike, as always, with all of our guests, if you're ever in the Philadelphia area. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Reach out and we'll go to the bar. That was an awesome, awesome trip. I got to say, um, I'm really bummed I wasn't able to come, but I look forward to being able to go with Amanda and Viv and maybe any future child that we have. Uh, Viv will be my Viking baby. We've already started training together. Uh, she's been wearing a weighted vest as she walks around. It's really impressive. And then I wear her while she's wearing a weighted vest Wait, with my own you, weighted vest. Do you really put a weighted vest on her? No. <laughs> I didn't know if it was like some sort of like eight, like walking aged like tool or something. I was very confused. Okay. Yes, it's torture for my child. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 your, your child will go grow up a hiker. Uh, 
not by choice uh hopefully by eventually choice. by, by choice. choice but not by choice at first because <laughs> you know i know that you're a huge hiker out there and what kid what kid does anything by choice oh man i mean mine does a lot by choice it's not always the right choice but she definitely <laughs> no, makes I mean, choices I mean, like babies <laughs> right yeah no i know um no i i i think that you will enjoy that with your family. And like we mentioned, I don't remember if it was on the conversation or previously, but there's other countries with similar geography, similar uh, natural landscapes that I think you and I would really have a lot of fun doing. I'm thinking like Finland, uh, maybe Sweden. Sweden. So Amanda's yeah. already been to Denmark. Yeah. Yeah. See Denmark. Denmark it's not as is... much as the geography. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. It's part of the Scandinavia technically, but yeah they're kind of locked into the main European landmass. Yeah. It's, it's so, more of like a, a Delta and some archipelagos, not, not the fjords and the mountains. Right. Right. So I think yeah. Finland or, um, or Sweden, I think Finland is pretty cheap right now because of its close proximity to Russia. Uh, so maybe now's the time to go. Um, but yeah. Okay. Uh, regardless, if you're listening to this, we want to give a big thank you. We truly do appreciate it. Uh, if you can, the best way to support us is to leave us a good review. If you want to uh, help us out in a financial way, you can do so as just donating as much as a dollar for a coffee. Um, we'll actually use that to support some of the software programs that we run to keep the episode moving forward. And uh, again, um, really just sharing, liking and talking about us goes a long way. So we appreciate anything that you do. Thank you.